An ethnography of a voodoo shrine in southern Togo of spirit, slave, and sea was written by Eric J. Montgomery and Christian N. Veneer, edited by Benjamin Soares, Osonza Uka, and Shivana Shaker. It was published by Brill Publishing Company in 2017. It can be found in the UNL library as well as online at bookholders.com for purchase averaging at $22. Eric J. Montgomery is currently employed as an anthropology professor and an advisor in peace and justice studies at Michigan State University. He also teaches at Central Michigan University and is an assistant to the director and member of the Center for Peace and Conflict at Wayne State University. Montgomery has published multiple articles on topics pertaining to anthropology of religion, ritual studies, African studies, peace and conflict studies, human rights, global health, visual anthropology, and applied anthropology in journals such as the Oxford Research Encyclopedia of Anthropology, Anthropology News, the Journal of Religion and Society, the Journal of Ritual Studies, the Journal of African Religions, as well as many others. Dr. Montgomery has also produced films pertaining to his work and is now working on a series of short films detailing voodoo gods with archival footage from over 30 years of fieldwork, detailing the ritual and social dramas of Orisha, voodoo, and voodoo. The first two films he has produced are Chasing the Spirit, in 2012 and African Herdsman in 2013, which have been screened in Detroit, Michigan, Washington, D.C., and Paris, France. Christian N. Veneer, also a producer of Chasing the Spirit, is currently employed at the University of Michigan Flint as a lecturer of anthropology and African studies. Like Montgomery, Veneer has had multiple articles published, including those on the topic of Afro-Atlantic cultures. He was also a co-editor of Cultures of Doing Good, Anthropologists, and NGOs. As part of the World Ethnography Project, I, Grace Pilker, will summarize this 300-page piece of academic writing, invoke insight pertaining to voodoo, more specifically Goro voodoo, and the traditions, values, and practices that are involved within this religion, as well as determine what aspects of life affect these religious practices. This study takes place in a small fishing village known as Gabetala, near the capital of Togo, known as Lome. The first interaction the authors had with this small community was in 1996, when Eric Montgomery, an undergraduate student at the time, was introduced to the community by his mentor, which led him to undergo the lengthy initiation ritual of the village. The initiation of a member creates a lifetime bond not only to the gods and spirits of the religion, but also to the members, creating trust within the group. In 2013, at the beginning of the final portion of the ethnographic study, Veneer followed suit and became an initiated member of the community as well. Within this study, large amounts of data were compiled consisting of pictures from 1995 to 2013, two decades of interviews and participation observation, extensive survey data from 2006 
simple survey data from 2013 and over 200 hours of video footage of life in Gabetala. This ethnography consists of eight chapters, which are divided into three sections, as well as an introduction, describing the intertwined history, economy, and religion of the region. Chapter 1, titled Introduction, Religion into Millennial Western Africa, describes the overarching concepts that will be discussed throughout the ethnography, giving the reader key background knowledge on the social structures of the area. The text begins by describing an average day in and around Gabela, which usually consists of prayers at the shrine, conversations with the head priest, interviews with the residents, lunch, and rest. Within the scene described, two individuals, Kosi and Dezata, the sons of the Sofaga, or head priest, walk with Montgomery and Veneer into the hotel they were staying at. They were met with discourse from management of the hotel as they entered due to Kosi and Datsa. You see, the hotel was owned by a French family who had resided in the area due to large amounts of colonization in the region, bringing bias and prejudice. The owner claimed that these men could be thieves and should not be around her guests. These outright racist comments and ideologies create discourse between people of color and the Yovos, or white. Not only did the community of Gabela face the stratification of the Yovos, they also faced diseases like Ebola and malaria, and the over-exploitation of resources causing land degradation, deforestation, and desertification. Clean water was also sacred due to the low amounts of rainfall and the pollution of groundwater. Systematic poverty has also led to piracy, drug cartels, warlords, and religious extremists. However, modern Africa has begun to grow. Urbanization rates have doubled, the infrastructure is improving, and demands have been made for a rational form of government. The economic boost of large amounts of raw materials have been a driving force in these improvements, as well as the growing class of educated urban professionals. Religion in Africa is characterized as a substructure of every activity. As stated from the ethnography, religious values and beliefs color behavior strategies and decisions, and atheism is very rare in the region. Common religions consist of Christianity, brought by the colonizers, Islam, originating from the north, and Voodoo, indigenous to the region. There are several denominations of Voodoo in West Africa, but many of them have a common supreme divine being described as androgynous or as a hermaphrodite, known as Mawalisa or Nana Buluku. Within most traditions, this creature bore multiple children and they ruled over specific aspects of nature. These include Hevisu or thunder, Mami Wata or the sea, Ogun or iron, Akbata or earth and disease, as well as Mau's youngest child, Legba or trickster. Specifically within this ethnography, 
the religious beliefs and practices of Guru Voodoo will be examined and how they are affected by the history and the political economy of West Africa. Physical evidence of this can be seen in the shrines of those who practice Goro Voodoo, which, quote, demonstrate not only religion, but when analyzed, the interaction between local, regional, and global political and economic forces across space and time in relation to the region. Within Goro Voodoo, there are four critical institutions of culture, including prayer, divination, possession, and sacrifice the shrine being the hub from which emanates these institutionalized practices. An excerpt from chapter 1, page 11 of An an Ethnography of a Voodoo Shrine in Southern Togo of Spirit, Slave, and Sea illuminates the intentions of Montgomery and Veneer in Southern Togo as well as provide a synopsis of the text. Quote, this book presents an ethnographically-based analysis of Goro Voodoo religious beliefs and practices as they relate to the history and political economy of Western African fishing village. We offer descriptions of Goro Voodoo belief and practices generated from the words and actions of our research participants as well as our own observations and experiences. We also offer analysis of Goro Voodoo that are grounded in a phenomenological approach that incorporates mimesis and ritual economy. Finally, unlike most studies of traditional or indigenous religions in Africa, we offer a study that is explicitly and deeply tied to local, regional, and global histories. The community key research participants and the religion itself cannot be dissociated from political economy context that must be in turn historically situated. There are too many pleas and calls in scholarly works in West Africa for the distancing from past understanding of the African village as isolated from history, disconnected from any state, global institution, or outside influence of intervention, static and representative of pure tradition and ethnicity. The careful attention paid to history and political economy in this volume is our answer to such deficiencies. We situate the community into the developments and events that surround it. By doing so, we demonstrate that the community is surrounded by ongoing dynamic change and a religious system based on ritual action as well as equipped by imbibed practitioners with agencies in this context of dynamic change. The organization centerpiece around which our ethnography and analysis orbit is the Goro Voodoo Shrine, located at the community of Gabetala, off the coast of southern Togo. As an overarching frame, we follow the lead of archaeologists and historical anthropologists by understanding and approaching religious shrines as a part of greater sacred landscape that are ecological, political, economic, and social. This way, we will construct what we call shrine ethnography. In southern Togo, the shrine is the home of the gods in their physical manifestation and where myths and memory of slavery, north and south cultural contact 
and ancestors are memorialized. It is a place of healing, worship, and adjunctation. It is the center space around which the social life of the community revolves. Jack Goody noted how shrines in Southwest Africa are particularly dynamic and subject to change. They are transactional spaces between gods, spirits, and people. The esteem and popularity of shrines are dependent upon the effectiveness of such transactions. The more venturation, libation, and sacrifices committed by worshippers, the more likely the gods will return fortune, health, and blessing. Conversely, the less gods or spirits commit to their venerators, the more people will look elsewhere to other shrines or other gods to assist them with their daily or existential challenges. As society in southern Togo, like all societies, evolves through time, the need and aspirations for which people approach the gods and spirits change, leading to congruent changes in the nature of the shrine. This transactional and adaptable nature leaves Goody to argue that the shrines have a built-in obsolescence that results in a degree of turnover, or at least fluctuations in their popularity. This nature makes the shrine an excellent site for conducting ethnography, for observing and analyzing the interactions between local, regional, and global political forces across space and time as they relate to religion. Parts of the greater sacred landscapes are ecological, political, economic, and social. Shrines are not only sites for understanding religion and spirituality, but also for understanding social, historical, and political dynamisms. Chapter 2, titled Dawn of the Gods, History and Power in Iwi Land, describes the key historical points within the culture of the Iwi, the ethnic group that inhabits Gabedla from its conception to modern day. From the creation of slavery to the origins of Gabedla and colonialism, until Togo's independence on April 27, 1960, the country has remained under dictatorial control since its sovereignty. Chapter 3, titled Between the Pipeline and the Sea, the Gabedla Community, looks at the local communities in Ken. Within the chapter, Montgomery and Veneer interview members of the Gabedla Community, including Kozi and Dadza, the junior priests, Fatima, a local woman, and Amebi, an elder priest and fisherman. Chapter 4, titled Gorovudu, A Family of Gods, provides an in-depth description of the gods of Gorovudu religion as well as their importance and their representation within the shrines of worshippers. Chapter 5, titled The Shrine at Gabedla, gives a detailed description of Gorovudu shrines as well as the materials and rituals used in connection to it, like the offering of cocoa, Kola nuts and gin, as well as animal sacrifices. Traditions and practices like spirit possession were also described within the chapter. Chapter 6, titled Fedotrotro, Feast and Festival, recounts the festival known as Fedotrotro, which translates as turning, 
and is considered a cornerstone of Gorovudu society. The rituals involved in the ceremonies are very intricate and include sacrifices of animals, chanting, dancing, and it must all be done precisely and correct in order to appease the gods. These celebrations are held to renew vows and commitments with the gods of their religion. Chapter 7, titled The Northern Others, Slavery and Islam in Gorovudu Ceremonial Performances, comments on the effects of the migration patterns of northern Africans into West Africa as well as slavery on the practices and rituals of Gorovudu with the introduction of differing practices and gods. Chapter 8, titled Conclusion, Shrine Ethnography, and Global Voodoo, restates the connections found between the religion of Goro Voodoo and environmental factors. An ethnography of a voodoo shrine in southern Togo of spirit, slave, and sea draws a connection between the religious beliefs of individuals with the economic, historical, and political state of the region. Explanation to the actions made by the worshippers of the religion. Thank you for listening to my synopsis of an ethnography of a voodoo shrine in southern Togo of spirit, slave, and sea.